Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life. Purple people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 372. And I think I'm going to call it rapid Q&A. Uh, so I asked over on Instagram, I'm at a slob comes clean on Instagram, if you're not following me there. Not that I do much over there anyway, but I, I always have big plans that I'm going to, right? Uh, I asked on Instagram for questions to help me get ready to do a podcast because, and there were lots and lots of questions. So I thought, well, I'll pick some and I'll just go through them really quickly. Here's the thing. Most of these questions, I, well, everything. Y'all know I've talked for hours upon hours, like 150 hours at the very least on all this kind of stuff. So there are podcasts, there are videos, there are books, there are blah, 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 where I have gone into great detail. And yet I know that it's not like y'all have listened to every word and read every word that I've ever written. And so I get it. Um, And so I think sometimes it's valuable just to give a quick answer. I'm not one for quick answers. We know that, right? If you've ever listened to my podcast before, or you may have already figured it out right now, I am not one for, oh, just do this. Like that is never my way of answering questions because that backfires with me personally. I am not the type of person who's like, you know, uh, for example, if somebody said, well, how do I declutter my house? There are people in the world who will say, just get rid of the stuff that you don't need. And are they right? technically, but I don't like them, right? Like technically, but that's not helpful for me because I have all these, but this, but that, but blah, blah, blah. So that's me. I am not a short answer kind of person, but sometimes maybe it's fun and there's value in the short answer and it helps me practice being a little more succinct. Anyway, so just so you know, if I give a quick answer, which I will be giving quick answers to these, don't take that as she doesn't take this question seriously. She doesn't understand my situation. If this is the first podcast episode you've ever listened to before, guarantee on every single one of these questions, there is probably 30 minutes to an hour at the very least of content somewhere else where I have gone into all of the things. But before I get started, I just want to remind you, I have a five-step process and My five-step process is designed to make progress and only progress, never a bigger mess as I declutter any space, any situation, no matter how overwhelming it is or how emotional it is or anything. I don't come up with new methods every time. I actually have the personality that wants to come up with new methods every time, but I don't because this process works. And if it's going to be guaranteed to work, it has to work on everything y'all. And it does. I mean, like I just was in a conversation the other day, like a day or so ago from when I'm recording this and somebody said, you know, I know this and then I somehow get away from it. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to actually follow the process as it goes. And every time I'm like, oh, the process totally works. Like it totally works works. So many of you tell me this, it works. It's guaranteed to work if you'll do it. Like, I'm not saying it's guaranteed to work just because you buy the book or listen to the podcast and sit at the middle of your living room floor. You know, it's guaranteed to work if you follow. If you throw away trash, you're going to have less trash. If you get rid of duh donations, you're going to have less stuff in your house. 
if you use the decluttering questions to help you decide where something's going to go, according to where would I look for it first, and you use the instinct and you actually ask the question the way it's written as opposed to, you know, where should this go, which is what a lot of people assume it is. And it's not at all. It's where would I look for this first, but I'm not going to go into all that. I'm just saying, yes, I'm going to answer quickly, but I am not oversimplifying because I know this is so complicated and is a lot to untangle for a lot of those of us who struggle. Okay. Is that enough of a disclaimer before I get started? Got it. Okay. So if you start to feel offended, go back and listen to this beginning part. If you start to be like, she doesn't understand, go back and listen to this part. Okay. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers. No judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. All right, you ready? General SOS. This is me reading the question, okay? The question is, general SOS, what to do when when making decisions is so hard? It gets in the way of even starting. Start before you make a decision. Trash there's no decision to make. You are literally identifying trash, not deciding what's trash. If you find yourself deciding, is this trash or not? Skip it. It's not part of that step. We are looking for obvious trash. Give yourself permission to get started with no decision making. I could speak so much more, but that's the basics, right? The second step is easy stuff. There are no decisions to be made. If you're making a decision, you're not on the easy stuff. Easy stuff is stuff that already has an established home somewhere else. You don't even have to ask yourself the decluttering questions. It is literally, this goes there. There's no decisions to be made and then act on that. Okay. The third step is identifying donations, donations that don't require analysis or decision or thinking or anything. Just those first three steps, if you will focus on that and say, even if all I do is just these first three steps, that's okay because this is a progress and only progress method. And I'm only going to be better off for anything that I do in my space, right? And so you can get started and say, I'm not, I'm going to declutter today, but I'm not making a single decision. And that way you're able to make some progress and your space is going to be better. You will have been successful. You won't be finished, but you will have successfully decluttered because you will have cleared stuff from this space. As you do that, your brain is going to start adjusting and knowing what's in there. And it's going to look different to you by the time you get to the fourth step. But even if you never do, you've still done something in your house. It is better and it's worth it. Okay. Do you declutter daily? No, that's my answer. But then this person goes on to say, I beat myself up if I don't. Now I'm worried it's not healthy. Um, Beating yourself up is not healthy. Okay. I am not a mental health professional. 
y'all know BetterHelp advertises on my site. I think it's betterhelp.com slash clean. Uh, that's not an advertisement officially there. I'm just saying like, if you need some mental health advice, it is available to you. Okay. And so, you know, don't, don't hesitate on that if you need it. Um, but I do want to say, no, I, I don't declutter daily. I can declutter at any time that I feel like decluttering, notice that something needs to be decluttered. I don't have to set aside time because I use the progress and only progress method, which means I can declutter for any amount of time and only make progress, which means I don't have to set aside a huge amount of time. I can say, oh goodness, I'm going to declutter this space and I declutter for 90 seconds and then I get distracted or life happens and I step away and I've still only made a positive impact. I've only made progress in this space. Okay. So here, here's what I'm hearing in this is I told myself that this is my assumption from this very small little question that I have. I told myself I was going to declutter 15 minutes a day and I did it for three days. And the whole time I felt like I was hanging on by my fingernails and I was setting alarms in my phone and I was, you know, promising myself and my family and everybody that this was going to be different this time. This is going to be the time that I really do change. And then all of a sudden it had been four weeks and I hadn't even thought about decluttering and I feel like a complete failure. You don't need to feel that way. Okay. Just declutter a little bit now, putting it on the schedule like that. If it helps you do that, if it backfires, say, I don't have to do that. Y'all, I'm just going to say, again, part of a conversation recently where the conversation was about how they had signed up for one of these decluttering challenges. Okay. If you know me at all, you know how I feel about challenges, right? Decluttering challenges. They just get overwhelming, blah, blah, blah. There's a podcast where I talk all about it. And they they thought it's going to be different this time, right? And so then they had the challenge was coming in and then they started to, they got behind and were like, I just can't do this. You know, the thing that they tell me to do because they told me to do it, I don't want to do it, you know, all this stuff. And they went, but the big difference now and the difference that is changing their home is that they go, oh, well, that doesn't work for me. Like that doesn't work for me. I'll do something else that does work for me. Dana's way works for me. There's a reason I don't do challenges. It's because I rebel against challenges. And so many of you have a lot of similarities to me, which is why I get emails on the um, regular of people saying that they're pretty sure we were separated at birth, right? Like we were twins separated at birth. Like I am told that all the time. And so I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. I'm telling you, you're not the only one. If this putting it on the schedule and then missing a couple of days makes you feel like what is even the point, then that's not a good method for you. All right. Okay. I've talked a lot about that over the years, so I'm going to stop right now, but that's my short answer. Do I declutter daily? No. Answering your, you beat yourself up. Now you're worried it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Just there's a way for you to declutter. Do it my way. Okay. All right. Which is the progress and only progress method. Okay. Next question. Children's toys slash clothes keep anything from memories when they're older, how to decide. So just so y'all know, if you're not on Instagram, these little question boxes have a very, very small limit or very small limit. Is that right? Anyway, very narrow limit on how many 
characters you can have in there. So these are very succinct questions, which I kind of like, right? Okay. So children's toys and clothes, keep anything from memories when they're older, how to decide. Um, that's up to you if you want to do that or not, how to decide though, I can totally answer that. Implement the container concept. What space do you have to devote to children's toys and clothes to keep from memories for when they're older? Like what space do you have for that type of stuff that has no right now value in your home, right? Meaning what space do you have to give to that? That is not space that you need for the clothes they're wearing right now, the toys that they're using right now, all of those things. Like, so priority goes to right now life, other space, then you, you choose the space. You say, this is the defined shelf or half a shelf or bin that I am going to use for this. And then you let that be the decision maker. So you put your favorite things in first, either it's the favorite thing. Cause it made you go, Oh, they're so cute. Every time you saw it, or you remember that they were completely attached to that bunny rabbit, you know, stuffed rabbit, whatever, like you put those favorite things in there first and you let the container make the decision. You can keep anything, but you can't keep everything and your house be able to be under control. Okay. Who that's a short version of a question I have talked literally hours about. When I say literally, just so you know, I am not, I know how obnoxious as it is. And that's why I say it that way. But anyway, um, some people are like, oh, it's supposed to be literally, not literally, but it's more fun to say literally. All right. Hubby and I, this is a question. Hubby and I are planning to move later this year. Top tips for someone overwhelmed by too much stuff. The person who asked this, Hey, we met at a thing. So anyway, uh, okay. Tips for top tips for someone overwhelmed by too much stuff. Um, later this year means it's not right now. And you are getting ready declutter ruthlessly right now. Declutter in those visible spaces. I know people are like, Oh, but the non-visible new, no. the non-visible spaces are the spaces where you've stored things. So let's really get those visible spaces of the stuff that you're going to move and then put into your new house. Let's get those just ruthlessly decluttered and then move to those non-visible spaces after you've done that and, um, be ruthless, be ruthless. I mean, you might as well touch it now and put it in a donate box and never have to touch it again, then touch it later, put it in a moving box and then have to pay the money or, you know, use the physical energy to move it. And that what you're paying the money anyway, to like put it in a U-Haul even if you're doing it yourself, but I mean, a truck, whatever, whatever kind you have, but, um, all of that, you know, it's better to do this now. Uh, but the main advice that I give is to pack for the house that you're moving into. So once you find a house, get boxes that are like, pay the money. You got to spend money anyway, when you're moving. And I know sometimes people like, I can't, that's fine. I'm just saying, this is what I recommend. This is what I did. It made a huge difference. I paid the money for a set of boxes that was supposed to be for the size of home that was actually kind of smaller than what we were moving into, but pay that money and let those boxes be a container for you. There is something about knowing there's a limit. It is not about filling it up completely full and then agonizing and agonizing. There's something about knowing there's a limit, even though I've still got 50 boxes left to even tape up and, you know, or 
set up and tape and be able to use. I've still got a ton of boxes. It feels like so many. Knowing that there's a limit down the lo- down the line makes everything that you pick up and go to put in a box look different to you. And it's going to make decluttering so much easier. Okay. How am I doing on the rapid thing? Pretty good. I think. I don't know. I don't know what y'all just said, but anyway, Dana, what do you do with snapshot pictures? Develop them. How do you store it? First? I was like, Oh, I don't want to talk about pictures. I'm like, well, you just asked me what I do. So I'm gonna tell you what I do. Uh, I do develop some, I favorite things in my phone. I do have an iPhone. I don't know how that works with an Android. Uh, favoriting is the little heart at the bottom of it. It automatically puts it in another folder. Um, and then every once in a while when Walgreens is having a, print a hundred pictures. And if you do, they're only so many cents or whatever. I'm not going to give a number because I'll be wrong and then y'all be mad. But anyway, but you know, when Walgreens is having a sale, which comes across my Facebook, I mean, it's not like I'm this, oh, every January 7th, I go and I have these things. I don't do that. But I you know, just randomly go, you know, I'm going to print out some pictures. And honestly, that's often inspired by my daughter because she's the one who likes to print out the pictures from her phone. So uh, I do that. Other things I do is uh, make folders, you know, on my phone. I make folders of different trips, different events, stuff like that. I mean, so I have a lot of folders on my phone and I use that to, to do it. Now, with that said, I have literally the phone with the most storage possible to the point where the last several phones that I've bought, the guys in the store have been like, Oh, nobody needs that much storage. And I'm like, you want to bet? Oh, I'm getting that much storage. Anyway, it's kind of an issue for me, but it is partly for my business and all that, you know, but, uh, so storage is not an issue and on my phone container. Right. But with the ones that are, um, printed, then I have a designated space where they go. And once that space is full, then I'll have to make some decisions like, oh, okay. The little, okay, this is the question, which I mean, isn't really a question, but I know you have to make it so succinct. The little stuff you use all the time on the counters, bathroom, kitchen, desk. Okay. So first thing I'm going to say here is make sure before you go to make any decisions like that, like how am I going to organize this? you need to declutter first, like go through the decluttering process on any of these surfaces that you're wanting to come up with a solution for declutter first, look for trash, get easy stuff out, any dead donations, ask yourself the decluttering questions, embrace the reality of that space. But when you get to that containers, you know, step in that sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know, what's the container? Is it the whole entire counter? Is it whatever, you know, create a container. Like one of the things that I do is a plastic shoebox. Uh, that goes on the counter, which makes it then easy to move everything at one time and then wipe underneath it. But it also serves as a container. It serves as a limit because I have to have limits. Otherwise I will keep everything right. Okay. Again, a similar question to what we had before. How do I end the cycle of self-blame? Accept that you're different and that most likely the reason you're feeling self-blame is that you are trying to use methods that are not the right ones for you. Okay. So it's the method's fault. It's not your fault. I know. I mean, I have no idea the situation. So I'm, but I'm just saying like, if we're just going to, that's the only thing I have to go on, then I'm going to answer this. I'm going to say, you know what, for me, in my own experience, so much of my 
frustration with myself. I will say self-loathing sometimes over, I can't believe this has happened to me again. Can't believe I've lost such and such again. I can't believe I've let it get this way again, whatever. So much of that was because when I worked on my house, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do according to what other people said worked in their home. You know, so I thought I needed to get organized. I was buying a bunch of containers that was never working because I wasn't using containers as limits. Right. And so, and then I would just buy more containers and more containers and it never worked. So all of these things, I didn't understand that I had a clutter threshold. I didn't understand that organizing was never going to solve my problem. And instead I am a personality that I have to have less stuff. That is just me. That's my clutter threshold. I can't handle the amount of stuff that other people can, that my mom can. So it's not, it's not a matter of just do better, just work harder. That's where you get a lot of this self-loathing. Instead it's okay. I'm going to accept that I'm different and I, I'm told, and I hope that that's the purpose of this podcast is for you to see that some of us are different and there's still a way to do this. But as long as we're trying to do it according to the traditional organizing strategies, which is what I generally call them, you know, like the way everybody thinks you have to declutter, as long as you're trying to do it that way and failing miserably, then It may never work for you to try those methods, but instead here we are going, you know what? We're different and there's a way and we're kind of fun and we're kind of funny and we just enjoy actually making progress. There is legitimately a way to make actual progress. So read my books or listen to other podcasts or whatever, but just know that it most likely comes down to you're trying to use methods that are not designed for your specific brain type. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. 
That's why I love using PrepDish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dishes step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Are you still overwhelmed now and then, or does that actually end when below clutter threshold? I don't live in a state of overwhelm because I am under my clutter threshold. My natural tendency when faced with clutter stuff, whatever, is to feel that feeling of overwhelm and yet... I now know how to break through it. Like that's basically what I teach, right? Is how to break through that feeling of being overwhelmed and make progress anyway. What to do to make progress, which is the thing also that keeps you from staying overwhelmed, right? And so when I say this, what I mean is when I do a five-minute pickup, I talk myself through the five decluttering steps, which is generally just the first three steps will get me through any five-minute pickup, right? So it's I will look at things and I'll just be like, trash, Dana, trash, start with the trash. And so I start with the trash. I mean, I grab a grocery sack or whatever, and I just go around and start with the trash. And I just walk around the space that I'm working on and I'm throwing away trash and it works. The process works, y'all. I know. It's just one of those podcasts where I'm like, just follow the process. Um, And then I go, okay, what in this space is easy? All right. And this is in the midst of a five minute pickup because I felt that feeling of overwhelm, but I know what to do when I feel the feeling of being overwhelmed. So it is not a failure to feel overwhelmed. All right. I don't even want to call it a failure in any situation, but for me, I'm like, I can feel overwhelmed, but when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I tackle it anyway, you know, but follow my process. I'm like, I don't have to feel like, oh no, I still feel overwhelmed. What's wrong with me instead? And this goes back to the other question. Instead, it's like, I have accepted that I am the type of person who sees a pile and feels completely overwhelmed to the point where I used to just completely be paralyzed. But now I know what to do. I know to start with trash and that that is going to take me through this process. Okay. This one's about blogging. I'm going to do it super uh, short, you know, cause I know that this is not what everybody's interested in, but how did you keep up with blogging? I'm starting a blog and I'm very overwhelmed. Um, I treat it like a job with all that. I mean, y'all it's not the same as it used to be like now Instagram is basically what old style blogs were. I know people don't like to hear that who wish that I still, you know, blogged the way that I used to 13 years ago. And y'all know also, I don't do much on Instagram either, but anyway, that's, that's all I'm going to say is like, I I just did it every day. I was like, I, I think honestly, sometimes I think that 
which I talk about this. I have a little two hour where I talk through, you know, how I built my blog and all that kind of stuff. And I'll try to link it in the podcast if I don't, I mean, in the show notes, just remind me if I don't, but I've, I've got that thing where I talk you through, I mean, I teach, I, I share my whole, you know, my whole system of uh, not system, but like how it is that I built this. And it's just not the same as it was back then. So it's hard for me to compare where I am now, you know, even what blogging is now versus what it was like when I first got started, you know, what blogging is like for a beginner now as from what it was when I got started. But that's why I'm saying, you know, oh, I know what I was gonna say. That's one of the things that I am super thankful for is it actually people, people would say to me, they're like, well, I just feel like if I wrote about, if I wrote about one subject, like you write about cleaning and organizing that I would run out of things, you know, to talk about. And I'm like, I actually think that because I wrote about cleaning and organizing, it's like, I never ran out of things to write or talk or video or anything about because I'm always having to do those things. And therefore it's like the, that content always, you know, comes into my brain. So I don't know if that was helpful or not, but what do you do about cable clutter, chargers, etc.? I'm not great on this, but I do have a spot. It's like a, a small tub on a counter in, um, it's like a little closety room off of our main bedroom. And but I, I have this tub on the counter in there, and that is where any electronics, cords, anything goes. And so when my family's like, where's the cord to such and such? Or when I am like, where's the cord to such and such? I go to that spot because that's my take it there now place, you know. But as far as like people who say, how do you hide your cords? I'm like, I don't. It never occurs to me to hide my cords. I don't ever notice that the cords are there. I like, it doesn't even cross my mind that that's something you need to do. So I'm just, it's not my lane. Okay. How do you deal with others guilting you to keep things? My mom, mind you, I'm 33. She's 33. I'm 49. Anyway, will go through everything if she sees it and often takes things out. She thinks I need to keep, um, this is hard. There's a lot of relationship dynamics there. Uh, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt that represents your own unique relationship dynamics and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, so you said, how do I deal with, I will tell you that I don't deal with this near as much as I used to because people know I declutter. They know I don't keep stuff. And so they, but I've had to teach them that over the years, not just through the, them reading my blog. I mean, like, you know, just through me, no, I'm getting rid of stuff, you know, it just, so they, they will learn eventually. But as far as like how to respond to that, you know, a, a very kind, um, you can keep it. I can't, it's over my clutter threshold. I, or you can keep it. I can't, I'm, I'm really trying to get my house down to a point where it's easy for me to keep under control. So I've just got to let things go, but you feel free to take it, you know, just like always, taking it on you instead of, instead of making it a mom, why do you do this to me? Blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's just a, uh, you know, I can't, mm, sorry. Like, it's amazing how people, <laughs> sometimes even when they don't know what you're talking about, when you're like, oh, it's over my clutter threshold. And they're like, okay, like, what is a clutter threshold? I mean, some people in your life are going to be like, what's a clutter threshold? But other people are going to be like, oh yeah. And then later be thinking, what was she talking about? Anyway, I take advantage of that. What's your dog's name? There was a picture of my dog in the picture that I used um, when I put up the question box on Instagram. Her name is Cinder, C-I-N-D-E-R. And now she's going to come over here. 
she is a German Shepherd. She is, we named her Cinder. It's short for Cinderella. It's actually from the Lunar Chronicles. My daughter and I had read those books, which we really enjoyed uh, right before we got her. And um, we were getting a female dog and we have three boys in our family who wanted her to have a very tough name. And so we convinced them that this was a really tough name because the Cinderella character, it's like a Cinderella retelling, is a, um, what are they, where it's like half robot, half person. I don't know, whatever they're called. That's what Cinder is. So, uh, how long did you struggle with too much stuff before you made a change and what made you change for good? Let's see. I started the blog, a slob comes clean in 2009, which was 13 years ago this year. And I am 49. And so that would be, I was 36, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was total frustration. I mean, I started it out of complete and fr total frustration. Uh, not that I had not tried to change many times, but what made me change for good, I don't know that something made me change for good, but understanding myself, understanding that this is part of my personality to struggle with clutter, that my brain works differently from that of traditionally organized people and that um, that's okay and that I needed to come up with strategies that actually worked for my brain and my family and my home, that acceptance is the thing that let me change for good, as opposed to waiting for that lightning bolt moment. Like, okay, you know, I've got to, something's going to happen at some point and then kind of just waiting for that to happen instead saying, you know what, this is how, this is how I roll. This is my natural struggle. So what can I do to keep this from happening? that works for me and going, I don't have to feel like a failure because traditional organizing advice doesn't work for me. All right. Are you planning to write more books about decluttering and minimalism? I will never write a book about minimalism. I mean, I never say never, but I can't imagine because I don't talk about minimalism. I am not a minimalist. I don't teach it, preach it, whatever. So that's not my thing about decluttering. Maybe I have some book projects in the works. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to go into all those details, but okay. Uh, I love your podcasts and audiobooks. What would you outsource besides a cleaning lady? So I think when this podcast is coming out, we've got a new sponsor called Sudshare. I will let myself in the ad talk about that, but I have used Sudshare and I love it. It's like a, they pick up your laundry and then they bring it back. And even in my little town, I was able to have somebody do that. So anything anything, you know, meal planning services. I consider that to be a very low cost outsourcing, you know, a home management task outsourcing. Meal planning can be very, very stressful for a lot of people, like extremely stressful for a lot of people. Uh, so outsourcing that it might be you do my, um, make dinner happen course. You know, I have make dinner happen, which is, you can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash make dinner happen. And it's two weeks worth of meals that uh, helps you, you know, learn my process for, you know, pre-cooking your meat and all that kind of stuff. But it gives you two weeks of, of meals. So you don't have to think about that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's something that small. What can I outsource like that? 
you know, I think I've mentioned here on the podcast, we have a pool. Well, we have a pool guy because that was part of, that was part, I don't know that it was part of the deal necessarily, but I'd always said, we can never have a pool until we can also have a pool guy. And I'm like, I I look at that and I think I am only able to have this pool because I can have a pool guy, you know, anyway. Okay. And then here's another businessy one, YouTube versus podcasting pros, cons, tips. I think they both have their own separate value. You know, the value of YouTube is the discoverability. It's a search engine. People are going to find you there where they don't find you necessarily as much with the podcast. They do, but it's just a lot, you know, you're going to show, you're going to show up as suggested on a YouTube, um, somebody's YouTube page, that kind of thing. I was going to say people are nicer with podcasts than they are with YouTube, except that that's mostly just that you're speaking into the void because people can't leave comments like they can on YouTube. And YouTube has some, the vast majority of people on YouTube are lovely, like seriously lovely, wonderful people. But there are some crazies. And podcasting, I feel a little more kind of distanced from that. Overwhelm and decluttering things that don't have a home. Use the first decluttering question to establish the home. Okay. So that gives the the whole point of that question is to give it a home. That question is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Nothing to analyze, nothing to think too hard about. It is simply, where's the actual place? Even if I had no confidence it was going to be there, what's the actual place where I would look first if I needed this item? And then now that's its home. Okay. Again, it's hard to answer that one so quickly because I speak so many words on that. So if you're like, that's too easy. Oh, don't worry. I get it. And there are hours and hours and hours of me talking about that. All right. Hazardous waste disposal trips me up. I just want it gone. But our town only has set days. Totally get it. Here's what I'm going to say on this. Remember that disposing of your hazardous waste, even if that means setting up an appointment, doing some research of where you can take it, driving there to do that, that is a valid use of decluttering time and energy. Okay. And the reason that I say this is that some of y'all are thinking, oh, what's the big deal? You know, just give it every month when um, our town, you know, has these set days. But some of you are like, well, I've missed those days the last 67 times that they've had them. And therefore I have an entire room full of stuff that I feel like I can't. So, so we're in different places. Always remember that what you're hearing and your assumption about it is very likely very different than someone else's. So I'm kind of going with the assumption that this has been something that's weighing on you because you've got a lot of these items. Okay. And hazardous waste, we're not talking about like nuclear chemicals here. You know, we're talking about stuff that has been determined that it's not supposed to go just in your normal trash that maybe where you live, they don't allow you to do that. And so it has to be done separately. So, uh, I I just want, you know, taking that time to do that, there is something about it. Well, just remember that your goal is to get this vast majority out. Like if you have a ton and I don't, let's say paint cans. I'm not, some of y'all are gonna be like, paint's not hazardous waste. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I have no idea. I'm just saying as an example, because I know a lot of people stress out about getting rid of paint. Let's say you have 25 cans of paint and you are super stressed about how to get rid of it. For you to do the research, find out where you can go, load up 25 cans of paint in your vehicle, drive there an hour 
hour and a half, two hours, I don't know, away. Okay, because a lot of us live in rural areas, and we don't have access to stuff that people are like, well, just do this. I'm like, well, sometimes we don't have those things as you know, we don't have access to that. Doing that is going to do two things. First of all, you're going to now know what to do. So many times that's the issue, right? You just didn't know what to do. And so it felt very overwhelming. You might find out, oh, I thought I was going to have to drive two hours and there's actually one 15 minutes away where I can do, okay. Uh, That was me with tires. I was like, what are we going to do with these tires? And then I'm like, oh, there's a tire recycling plant in town. I didn't know that. Anyway, but going ahead and doing that, that's, that's crucial there. But the other thing too, is once you get those 25 cans of paint out, then you're only going to have a can or two in the future to take advantage of these days. So it's not taking up a whole room as you're waiting and waiting and waiting and missing one. No, you, you are so much, you're going to have the bandwidth. You're going to be more under closer to your clutter threshold or eventually under your clutter threshold. And then you have it in you to keep up with these, you know, special days kind of things. Okay. Uh, after months of decluttering 15 minutes a day, I hit a wall. How do I get unstuck? This is basically the same answer that I gave at the beginning of the podcast, right? Which is, it's okay. Like, how do you get unstuck? Well, you just declutter today and you don't, you, you don't count the, um, the days after you did great for a while, you know, I, for months I was doing 15 minutes a day and then I just didn't anymore. Okay. Because we use the progress and only progress method and because we value, uh, less and better then it's like, okay, well I can do some today. I can do three minutes. Eh, I don't feel like doing 15 minutes today. I can do three minutes or tomorrow you might be like, okay, well, I'm just going to go as long as I can. Oh my word. I decluttered an hour. Wow. You know, I mean, just so my answer is chill out. Okay. There we go. Uh, for five minute pickup, do I take it there now? I am doing that now, but by the time, but by time to do it, get only three or four things. Okay. So remember that a five minute pickup, the real goal of it, you can use it for anything. You can use it to declutter. It doesn't matter. But the actual five minute pickup, as I teach it as a daily habit, strategy, task, whatever you want to call it, is meant for maintenance. It is not necessarily meant for the deep decluttering, even though it has value in that declutter for five minutes a day, that's fine. So, but your, your question is, do I take it there now? Yes, that is what you do. Okay. Yes. You fully complete things. You don't make piles for five minutes. And then after the five minutes, then go put things away. No, you actually take things there now as you're during that five minutes, you'll be amazed if you haven't done this before, how much you can get done in five minutes. But remember that your five minute pickup is a great gauge for whether or not you were under your clutter threshold. Your goal is to declutter to the point where a five minute pickup on a normal day will get the space back under control. So if you are finding that, okay, I'm taking it there now and it barely makes a dent. Okay. Well then declutter some more. Okay. Do some, you know, say I'm going to work in this space. I'm going to, you know, declutter some more knowing I've got to get rid of stuff because I am over my clutter threshold because a five minute pickup does not get this space back under control. Okay. But yes, as far as take it there now, yes, you do during that time. Basically my goal is always to avoid setting things aside to do later. And that's where take it there now is so valuable. 
and I hear from people all the time who are like, take it there now has changed my life. Like it just changed everything when I, you know, took that to heart. Tips for decluttering boxes of stuff from your childhood your mom gave you because she never got rid of stuff. Use the same process, use the same process. And it might be that you decide, you know, if she's got something labeled gym clothes and you're like, I don't care about gym clothes, that might be, that whole box might be trash without even looking at, I don't know. But however you need to do it, use the process. So you open up the box, it's overwhelming and you go, I'm just gonna start with trash without pulling everything out. I'm just going to see what kind of trash can I get to that's super obvious that needs to go away. And you just work through anything in here. That's easy. Like, of course, yes, that's where that should be. Um, anything that's a duh donation. Oh, well, all these things, you know, like, and then embrace the reality of the spaces that you have. So as you do get to things where you've already gotten rid of all the obvious stuff that you don't want, and you're like, wow, there's five things in here that I kind of think maybe I want, well then, you know, where would I look for it first? Take it there right now, embrace the reality of that space when you get there, meaning I can't just shove it in. If there's no room for it, I don't just set it aside for maybe I'll come up with a space for it later. Instead, I say, okay, this is the place where I would look for it first, which is where it needs to live if I'm going to keep it. So what am I willing to get rid of to create the space for this item? And that will either give you the space for the item or it will help you realize, yeah, I'm not willing to get rid of anything in my already set up house the way that I like it in order to keep this um, caboodle. All right. What do you do with baby kid stuff if you aren't finished having kids? First piece of advice on that is, uh, first of all, just know this is a super common question. When anybody talks about decluttering, somebody asks this question. Okay. So it is not just you. First, my first part of my answer is don't start with that stuff. Like, because so many times our brain goes to that stuff and then we don't do anything. So instead start with stuff that you don't care about. Start with the stuff you can't stand. Start with trash in your entryway. I mean, like don't do that because you may come to the point where you open up space that you can keep it. Or by the time you get to it, it's all going to look different to you because you have this decluttering experience that you're going to gain. But the other thing is that it comes down to the space that you have. The space that you have is the space that you have. You clearly already have some kids, which means they deserve space to be able to do what they need to do, to play, to sleep, to do the things that they need to do, right? So you need to be able to live as a family. And then any space that you have that doesn't take up the room that you need to live your right now life with the people who are living there now, then that's your container. That's your limit for how much you can keep for future children. And so you, then you take that, that space and you say, okay, I'm going to put my favorite things in there first. Favorite might be the most important things. It's my husband, y'all. My husband is the one texting in a group chat being hilarious. I haven't read his text, but I know I'm sure he's really funny and he keeps on texting. And I'm like, even though I have it on do not disturb, I have it set to where his texts will still come through. Is there a way to set up do not disturb let my, te- my husband's text come through, except if he's trying to be funny. Is there a way to do that? See, I have my phone set up on my desk to be able to see my screenshots of these questions. So that's why, like, normally I'll just throw my phone across the room when this starts happening. Anyway. Okay. Sorry about all that. Uh, oh, so you put your favorite things that you in into that limited space that you have to devote for stuff to keep for future kids, which your favorite things may be like, this was super necessary. This was super important. This was, you know, whatever, but it also might make you realize, okay, well, I need room for the car seat. And you're like, oh, wait, this car seat's going to be expired 
by the time I have my next kid. And so, oh yeah, it doesn't deserve space in there. Like why, you know, and so it just having that limited space makes everything look different to you. Okay. How to handle all the tiny clutter incoming from small children, four-year-old loves it all. Container concept. You know, I mean, here I am again, feeling bad that I'm giving some short, succinct answer when there's so many words that I can say on this and that I have said on this, Uh, but it's container concept, right? Like you give them a space and you say, okay, all these tiny clutter, I'm assuming is like little bitty things that, that they get at parties or happy meals or whatever. This is the space that we have for that, that we can devote to that. And so this is your, you know, like giving them a special bin or whatever for that is, is fun, right? Like you're honoring, I get that you love this stuff, but we can't keep it all. We can keep anything. We just can't keep everything. So it's like, this is the space that we have for that. And then they get to decide what goes in that space. And then it's when something new comes in, it's like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Let's go put it in your special bin. <gasps> There's no room. Okay. What are you going to get rid of? So we have room for it. Oh, well, I'm not y'all, my husband. Oh my word. Y'all. He is hilarious. He really is. He's like seriously one of the funniest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. If you ever meet him, which most of you will not, but anyway. (laughs) Um, okay. So how to handle all the tiny clutter. Yeah. So you, you do that and then they get to make the decision, but when they bring something and they're like, Oh, but I have to keep this too. And you're like, well, there's no room. Oh, I'm sorry. It lets you say yes to everything. Not yes, you can keep it, but yes, it's awesome, right? Like that is the coolest piece of yarn, but there's no room for it in here. So what are you willing to get rid of? I can't get rid of anything. Oh, I guess that makes me sad. I know how much you love that piece of yarn, but there's no room for it. Well, I have to keep the yarn. So you just, it's like, yeah, the container is the container and you let it be the bad guy. Okay. How to deal with a spouse who is a saver because it might be needed. Same thing. Okay. What space do you have that you can designate for? These are the, what we might need someday. And you say, absolutely. Yeah. Let's use that shelf, that closet, whatever. And sometimes it can drive you crazy and oh, well, it's their house too. Right. So this is the space that you have for this. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Like designate a space as in like, I honor the fact that you think about the future this is probably one of the things you love about them, right? Like, so they, they, so this is the space that we have for that. And then you, you know, help them take it there right now. And then, oh man, there's no room for it. Okay. Well, what can we get rid of? So there's space for this. And then you let the container be the thing. But I also know it's not like it's that easy. It's not like it's a one sentence thing and then everything is soft, but that's why, you know, this is a short answer. When is stuff actually worth selling versus donating? It is worth selling versus donating if the amount of money that you would get for it is worth it to you as far as how much time you're going to spend on that. Okay. I have videos and podcasts and chapters of books and all these things on this subject, but that's what it boils down to. Um, Are you willing to spend the time it would actually take to get that money for that amount of money? And once you do it once, I'm just, and so, that, so it's important to do it once. Once you do it, I know I was not going to keep talking about this, but once you do it once, you generally realize, yeah, it's not worth my time. It's not, you know, I got $50 for that and I spent 17 hours. Well, then it just doesn't work out. The math doesn't work out, right? Okay. Um, what's one of the hardest sentimental items that you've decluttered? The thing I can remember crying as somebody carted it off at my garage sale was, uh, 
our bassinet because it was my last kid and uh, it was a big decision. I'm pretty sure she was three or four by that time and had not slept in it in many years. But yeah, that was the hardest, the hardest thing. Part two of that question. This is another from the same person. How did you get past the mental block of sentimental items? So, um, using the process, you know, same process as I do for anything else. Uh, where would I look for this first? And then I take it there now and I let the space make the decision for me. Is there room for it or not? And generally that will identify when things are not quite as sentimental as I thought they were going to be when I first saw them. I noticed you've never done an episode on decluttering a car. Would love advice. There is a reason for that. And what I always say is I have nothing. Okay. Except that you asked on decluttering a car. Oh, I can declutter a car. Keeping it great. Nah, I got nothing. Anyway, but decluttering a car, same process. Start with the trash. Usually it's a lot of trash in the car. Easy stuff. Dead donations. Where would I look for this first? Because you know, you might have stuff you picked up at a garage sale that you had no idea where you're going to put it. So just go through that process. So it's the same process, the same de- five-step decluttering process, which you can get a printable of that at aslobcomesclean.com slash five. There you go. All right. Um, how do you get motivated to declutter the non-visible rooms, spaces that I keep ignoring? No that you can declutter in any amount of time and you can quit at any moment. If you follow the progress and no progress method, if you follow the five-step process, you can stop at any time. Knowing that, knowing you're never going to put yourself in a worse situation. And that I'm like, I'm just going to go in and I'm probably going to do hardly anything because it's probably going to be too overwhelming and I don't want to do it. So I'm just going to go in and just do something for a minute. You'll make an impact. Even if you do give up after three minutes you'll still have made an impact if you are following the progress and only progress method. Okay. And then the more you do that, the more motivated you are. But even if you aren't motivated, I mean, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm trying to get myself motivated. Instead. I just say, no, I'm going to make actual progress. That is generally motivating. If it doesn't motivate me, I still made actual progress. So I still had a win, right? Whew. That was a lot of questions y'all. Some of y'all may need to listen to that on 2x speed or whatever makes it extra slow because I think I was talking pretty fast. Anyway, it's been fun. I have enjoyed this. Don't forget that if you would like to have people to talk about this with, if you need to mull things over and be like, okay, but how does this apply to this? And you want to show us picture and blah, blah, blah. Our Patreon group is great for that. Like patreon.com slash slob comes clean. I mean, like it's a lovely group of people, like a seriously lovely group of people. And uh, they're so encouraging and they speak this language. Okay. So if you need lots of words, if you need a place to express your words, that's a great place to do that. If you need a coach to guide you through my process, go to declutteringcoaches.com. That is my website. All of the people listed there are trained by me, certified by me. uh, And therefore, they will follow my method. They can do, other, they can do whatever they want because they're, they're, it's their own businesses. But if they're listed on my site and you say, I only want to follow Dana's methods, then they will only follow my methods. Okay. Or if you want to be a coach, that would be great too. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. This podcast is edited by Rachel Jamison. It's part of the ACAST creator network and administrative work is done by Jennifer Ames. <laughs>